Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. It is Friday. Uh, it is a, uh, again, a crisp, cool Friday. Um, got a little sluggish this morning, starting, I'm going to be honest. A little sluggish <laughs> trying to make it. Uh, but no, I guess the reason I'm sluggish, and you may be sluggish, is that was a. Is it frenetic this morning? Been a, been a frenetic morning? It's, it's been a frenetic week. Uh, I've had three and, people and, ask and, me and what they, frenetic yeah. means. But it also kind of worn down because uh, you, know, you went, I followed. It was a big night in Hernando last night. Huge night in Hernando, Derek. Just uh, um, You could tell by our artwork from the show, the Hernando Tigers, You know they did their part last night. They beat Olive Branch, which we'll cover that here shortly in our football segment, but they did their part, beat Olive Branch, and then, as you learned from our Tuesday show, South Haven and Horn Lake had to play. Uh, and those since our Tuesday show, I learned that all the games got moved up to Thursday. All, yeah, all the six-day games. All, I think it was like they move, end up moving – Six four and two a to Thursday night games, okay. and then one three and five a will play tonight because of the uh, the referee shortage. Referee shortage, and Derek, I will say this: uh, after being to going to numerous games this year, and definitely last night, uh, referee shortage may also mean referee uh, not good. <laughs> Yeah, officiating I mean, that, that, is not good in the uh, in the Mississippi high school ranks. I mean, they probably had to pull in retired, you know, referees. They probably had to pull in people that. You know, maybe had some classes not you know fully licensed because that's what they're having to do at grocery stores. I mean, they're having just to basically grab anybody that wants to come, and so they may have had call people back to the field that might not have done it for a year or two trying to get the games in. And it, I do think you see some reflection of that on the field. Oh, and there's no doubt. But anyway, Hernando did win twenty four to twenty, which again we'll recap shortly. Twenty four to twenty, and South Haven. South Haven takes care of business against Horn Lake, 21-7, sending the Hernando Tigers into the 6A playoffs. Uh, you know, huge back-to-back playoffs, Derek, which is a really big deal in Hernando. Huge. Uh, big, big deal in Hernando. Back-to-back playoffs. Uh, congratulations to the young men that got out there, had no idea their fate. Uh, some of them were playing what they thought or what could have been the last game, and we'll break it down here shortly. But just a good win by the Hernando Tigers. The Hernando Theater Department started a play last night, Freaky Friday, which we'll give some information about in our shout-outs coming up uh, if you have an elementary age kid maybe fourth fifth grade and older uh, i think they would enjoy the play my daughter is in it they have worked really really hard so hernando theater department i'll give you the dates about that here shortly but a big night in hernando um there you got a big night coming up tonight uh we've talked about it on tuesday heading over to nashville uh actually uh, renting a car from mobile car and van rental yes i am mobile car and van rental which Thank you for that, Derek. So we're going to talk all about young people here shortly. We really, really uh, want to say, say congratulations to the Hernando Tigers, the team under the water tower, for their big win last night. And if you're looking for a winning team, reach out to our 2021 presenting sponsor. I'm speaking, of course, of Team Couch or Birch Realty Group. Brian and Terry possess over 65 years of combined real estate experience. They are the number one real estate team in DeSoto County for the last 12 years. They have over 25,000 closings since 2009. They are ranked nationally as a top-performing real estate team. They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available for you whenever you need them. They are currently offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. Again, completely free, no obligation. They simply would like the opportunity to talk to you about representing you when it comes to selling your home. Give Brian and Terry a call at 662 469-1700. That's 662-449-1700. 
or call Brian on his cell phone, 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. Give them your address. They'll tell you all about your home, the value, the market, what's going on in your neighborhood, how long homes are sitting on the market, how long until they close. Brian and Terry have the best analytics of any team in DeSoto County to make your buying or selling experience the best it can be. Do not go into this hot DeSoto County market alone. As we're going into winter, the best people to call if you're looking to sell your home is Team Couch of Birch Realty Group, our 2021 presenting sponsor. Want to continue to thank our 2021 studio sponsor, the How to Barbecue Right Shop. How to Barbecue Right Shop, located right here in Hernando at 496 Whitfield Drive. That's 496 Whitfield Drive, right here in town. This store has everything a person needs for barbecue, crawfish, and any other kind of outdoor cooking. Whether it's rubs, sauces, thermometers, cast iron, cutting boards, knives, or really cool high-end smokers, Malcolm's Shop is your place to go. If you've ever seen his How to Barbecue Right cooking videos, you need to stop by his shop today. Find more information on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm Shop. That's H2Q Malcolm Shop. Call him at 912-9947. Find his website, howtobbqright.com. But the best thing to do is to stop by the How to Barbecue Right Shop, the best barbecue shop in DeSoto County, located at 496 Whitfield Drive, right here under the water tower. Well, Derek, it's our first Friday show for the Under the Water Tower podcast, and that typically means we kick it off by talking about the first Alderman meeting of the month, which happened this past Tuesday. Uh, you jinxed it on our Tuesday show when you were uh, kind of previewing it, said it looks like a very short meeting. Uh, went about an hour and a half. Tell us a little bit about the Alderman meeting this past Tuesday. The meeting started with three agenda items that were added uh, to the agenda, the main one being the changing of the speed limit on Ferguson Road that will be discussed here in a little later on. They also added an executive session for potential litigation. The personnel docket, now that was a personnel docket. Well, I think it was just paying some bills for personnel. There was no discussion on that, and it was approved as presented. They seemed very happy with the city clerk uh, who kind of prepared it. So, again, I thought it made a little something more to that. You know, we're not privy to what their packet looks like. But they approved it uh, unanimously. Uh, and again, as a, again the, the new city clerk is, was kind of the number two city clerk at South, South Haven. Haven. Uh, lives in Hernando, has come down to serve, serve us here, and I think he's doing a really, really good job from what the people have told me. Yeah, they have. And, I mean, she's the one that's you know putting the agenda. There's a different section to pull the agenda now. I keep forgetting that. And I'm having to re-educate myself to go to click on printing it out, but uh, she does a great job getting it out on time uh, and also kind of directing everything. She was the one that, you know, cut down on the, or I guess increased the, the amount of checks that could be written without, you know, formal approval from the city as long yep. as it was within budget. So she's done a lot of good things. Uh, and, that, and as another side note, the city is now able to do a picture-in-picture. Picture. So when you're watching it on YouTube, wow. uh, which I did on Wednesday, uh, they've got the picture-in-picture. Picture. They no longer have to switch to the speaker Correct. view, back to the Alderman view. They can have both of them at the same time. Uh, very nice. You know, I, I think you know, if they added another one or two cameras, Matt, we could maybe go to that quad screen like they have for the NFL Red Zone. Um, but anyway, uh, Hernando, the audiovisual continues to impress, so congratulations to them. Score Sports was the lowest and best bid. And remember, this is on the basketball uniforms. Right. Score Sport was the lowest lowest and best bid and they have a three-week lead time so in other words once they the city placed the order they would have it within three weeks they hope to bid those out uh i think they were going to plan on having them sometime by the middle of december to have them here uh for the uh the i guess the rec games that start there in january so i'll be looking for that and i believe the last day for sign up this is not a shout out this is to let you know the last day for sign up is next friday 
um, the twelfth, and then the uniforms will be ordered on the fifteenth. Um, so that's you know for anybody that wants to play the city youth basketball. Now, what took the while the meeting was an hour and a half was based on the next subject, which is the Arbor Point and Jefferson Place flooding, which we discussed. We discussed that the mayor asked the citizens of the neighborhood to speak first. So the first woman from Arbor Point, she came up there said that Sky Lake Construction did come to fix her yard, which is what the prior administration had asked them to do. But when they regretted it, instead of the water rushing through her yard, which was making a river, which is why she came or why she complained in the first place, um, it now sits like a lake and comes toward her house. So they corrected it, but they corrected it poorly, making it almost worse. Uh, several sidewalks are also cracked or missing. So the builder has tried, but he has been unsuccessful to fix it. So she is saying, yes, he did come out there. Yes, he did try to fix it, but was unable to. The next man from Arbor Point said that his yard has been replaced three times. The side in his yard, wow. trying to add in dirt and stuff, has done three times. He met with the city engineer who said he had a, uh, a problem. He had seen the problem. He agreed with the problem, but did not mention a solution. He said that he gets uh, lip service from the builder and the developer, which in Arbor Point is the same person. So the, the developer actually kept all the lots and is building them out. The next man that came up to speak was from Jefferson Place. So the first two were from Arbor Point. The next one was from Jefferson Place. and said that the drainage gets worse with each house that is built. So is, he was, is this in the new phase of Jefferson Place? Yes, the, this new is phase. the new phase. Okay. So he was the first house, basically. No issues. Second house came. Not really issues, but you know maybe some water kind of stood. When the third house now, basically, instead of running to the street, they're all running onto each other's yards. So the, the grading uh, has gotten worse as houses have been built. The builders next to this house caused the water to run onto his property. So he and his builder contacted the city, who put a stop order on the construction of the new house next to him. Right. His builder and the builder who was stopped got together and came up with a temporary solution. But again, the, it fixed it for a short amount of time. But then when the next house started... It all started up again. Uh, Who's developing those homes, did they say? Okay, the developer uh, was there, and he said, hey, look, I developed the whole thing. I didn't keep one lot. So the builders are the ones screwing this up because when the, I – The builders bought he, – he maybe had 20 lots, and the builder one, – one builder bought five. That's right. One builder That's bought exactly five. Right. Okay, yeah. yeah. So they're different builders on different lots. And what Which he's I'm, saying, I'm sure they get along real well. All yeah. the builders talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of what we're getting to is you know, Sorry, accusations. Yeah. But – so DEQ, every time a subdivision is done, DEQ has to come out and say, yes, this is greater right. Yes, the water's running into the thing. You've got your storm sewers. All that has to be done and, and approved before they can get the final plat recorded. Well, he's saying, hey, there were no issues when I turned these lots over to the builders. Sure. It's only come after the builders. I should have no liability. So you know, the water's going side to side across the yard instead of going front to back into the street. There's another man that came up from Jefferson Place had the same issues of water flows as the man before him. And then this is when the developer got up. He said that his subdivision was developed with the water running to the street as the first man said that there were no issues until the other houses were being built. He has each builder, and in this case, most of the complaints are coming from Pintail Construction, okay. sign an agreement that take over erosion control when they purchase a lot. And real he, quick, that, that, that was said in the meeting. It was said in the you meeting. mentioned Pintail Construction. Every, okay. everybody, every, all this, the two builders that were mentioned both in the meeting. I mean, not, they're not in the meeting, but they were mentioned Correct. on the record. He says that the builders take dirt. All What they do is they're taking dirt from the back of the lot, using that to build the pad. So, ba so then the, the house kind of sits up a little higher. Mm -hmm. So now it's flowing down both sides of the lot, getting in people's backyards, then running down from side to side yards. And that's what's causing the issues. Correct. He says this uh, is causing the water to back up. Alderman Miller asked, how can a builder go against a DEQ plan? So in other words, once he's, if the DEQ signs off on his, which I don't think anybody disputed that, that they did. Right. 
how are the builders not held to the same, you know, codes and, and that sort of thing? How's the grading not supposed to, you know, the DEQ signs off. This is what it's supposed to look like. Even when there's a house sitting on it, it's supposed to flow the right way. He said he wants to make sure that going forward, the builder cannot basically take away what DEQ has already approved. So then it kind of just started talking about the bond, which was mentioned on the agenda as a discussion point. Does the city of Fernando still possess or still have control of that bond from the developer? From that bond, it looks like it says right now is just for streets and sidewalks. Gotcha. So he said the bond that's been put up says only streets, sidewalk or streets. So not sure if it can be used for erosion. The city attorney is going to now have to review that. Gotcha. The developer is adamant he is not on the hook. Now, this is the Jefferson Place developer is adamant he is not, should not be on the hook. In Arbor Point, as I mentioned, the developer and the builder are the same. So the issue is a little simpler. They, sure. they can come down pretty hard because they, you know, they've got he's doing both. Alderman Miller wants something going forward to keep the builders in check from not deviating from the DEQ requirements and approvals. The city attorney will review the bond again to see if it can be called and will also may look to make permits stricter for builders coming in. Now, the mayor said that's a good point. However, understand we only have right now one person in our planning department. And there is no more uh, city inspector. Correct. <laughs> city inspector time. current does not exist. So that it could be an issue for the for the short term, maybe something for the long term. Which again, in Hernando, I think all of us, you, we can build as nice a house as we want as we want to. But if there's a threat of flooding from your neighbor, no fault of your own, right. I don't think any of us of us like that. No, nobody likes that, and that's you know that's why there's so many appliances, and it is an issue in these two subdivisions. The board wants to get this taken care of, and may have to look to force compliance. So again, through the whether it's cease and desist letters from the attorney what, or maybe calling the bond if he can call it. Alderman Piper also mentioned that he wants to look at other cities to see what they have done to strengthen their building ordinances and maybe even have to add some uh, engineering staff uh, to the planning department. So a lot of discussion, a lot went on. The city attorney is going to look to see if they can call the, he can call the bond, uh, what potential uh, additions they can make to city code when you start building a house, You know what kind of inspection should be done. After the dirt grading, maybe you have to go up there and maybe add another, you know, you have to have a framing inspection. You have to have a plumbing inspection. Maybe add a grading inspection once hmm. the, you know, after, before you can even start the slab. So just a lot of stuff that was tossed around and uh, so that, that'll come back at some point. Well, I mean, people take their houses serious. They pay good money, especially ones over in Arbor Point, brand new subdivision. I mean, those people, the ink's barely dry on their contracts, you know, so they're, you know, wanting to uh, have some questions answered. And like you, like you mentioned, the developer is the builder. Was it Sky Lake? In, uh, in Arbor Point. In yeah, Arbor Sky Point. Sky, Sky Lake, Lake Construction, yes. Yeah, so. Interesting thing. I mean, certainly, you know, uh, interesting to learn what's going to happen there and, and the Board of Aldermen taking it serious and, and uh, trying to represent their constituents, no doubt. All right, the next agenda was the street repairs and overlays. Now, we discussed last time that more streets were added, and there was bad news, uh, according to the mayor. There's already been $480,000 in asphalt that is already in progress that will be paid out of this budget. So this was started maybe back in the summer. Right. Now is coming due. Now is, is being completed. And so that will have to be written. You can't go back and grab money from last time to pay this time. But Alderman Miller wanted to make sure, hey, that's, that is true, but we did have $2 million in carryover Correct. from last budget. So it's included in there. Now, we did place that in other places, but it was included in there. So let's don't say it's, you know, sky's falling here. Uh, but that is right. So if you had a million one budget for asphalt, 480000 has already been allocated. So they're down to about 600000 uh to spend out of the current budget. Uh, now, what made up that 480000 it was the Mackinville Road in front of Hernando Hills. The mayor was not aware, and I'm sure the the two former, you know, the two current members on the board that were on the last board understood that, yes, the road being put in was city, county, and federal government, 
but the actual asphalt at the stoplight, the asphalt leading to the new Mackinville Road, all that had to be covered by the city. Interesting. And so that was part was done. Another part was the motor scooter drive, which we we discussed that they fixed. And then the last was at sixteen thousand dollars. That was the half of the Saint Ives right. paving. So that's where the four eighty comes from. The mayor will did mention, okay, going forward, we're going to try to do as much as possible, do the paving in the same budget year. So now. We may, it may be a larger one like the Mackinac Road that has to carry over because of timing issues and dealing with other governments. But the main thing is that he wants to try to do that so they can have everything in the same year. The city now has, again, around $600,000 in their current budget, but they also have $600,000 coming from the state, remember, from the lottery. There was discussion about the soccer field. The soccer field itself, the park lot, would be over $300,000. And now, while that would be great for the soccer field, that does take real, real quick. I'm sorry to jump in. That number comes from what? Joe Frank came from yes, from basically from Joe Frank. This is what it's going to take. But I mean, nothing's been bid yet. That's what Joe Frank was. He was looking to see if he could take this list they had put together and start bidding it. Right. That's what he was searching for approval. So that's his estimate was about three hundred thousand dollars. That's kind of so. But they had this extra money from the state. They're looking. Okay, well, maybe we'll carve out three hundred of that now. Carve out part of that now, knowing we're going to be getting something every year. Now, it, the lotteries may start getting less and less. I mean, we we don't know how people will end up buying tickets every year, but there, there will be money coming in. So let's start using this now. So they were started working with a number of about nine hundred thousand, and based on that nine hundred thousand dollar number, they were able to get all but one on their list done. On the list, now I didn't see the list. Uh, only the Auburn were looking at the list of the streets. You in mean order. approved to have done? Approved. Let's approved go to have to go ahead okay. and start the bidding Let's process. Get going, yeah. Now, asphalt plants do shut down for the winter, and okay. that usually happens about the first week of December. So you can go ahead and get the bids. They're going to try to have the bids done sometime by mid January, and according to them, I think those are good for sixty days. The okay. price has to be good for sixty days. So maybe starting some of this construction around March gotcha. or, the, or the overlays around March. That's kind of the, a, a general time frame. Um, but and the soccer field will be included in the bid depending on now but they said hey look what if we get it understand kind of where we sit that may be pushed to the side maybe start that in the summer to pay for it out of next budget year yeah so that may be the one project they end up carrying over so a lot of discussion but what it ended up coming down to was that the city the board did tell joe frank to go ahead and bid everything on the list and they hope to do it all except for one item uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll see what that kind of looks like and maybe have numbers to put with that around the January to March time frame. The last thing that was on the original agenda was the street safety discussion. Alderman Miller addressed the issue of putting safety strips and speed bumps around the city. We talked on Tuesday about the stop signs at Mackinville and Green Tea. That was an issue, but mainly what this safety was was for speed bumps. Alderman Miller has been pushing for over 10 years because his constituents has asked for speed bumps. So he wants to have this discussion. Speed bumps run you about 300 bucks each. And so he wants to see these be done. He wants a study done where they need to be. Now, Matt, I will say personally from my neighborhood, I have been asking for speed bumps for several months uh, and working with my alderman. So this is something that you're going to start seeing. They're going to, there's a committee that was put together of Alderman Piper, Alderman Miller, and Alderman Harris will meet, start meetings as three, so it's not, a, it's not an official meeting. They're going to start kind of researching, looking uh, to what spots, maybe putting some uh, traffic strips. But the main thing they're going to do besides say okay what are probably the most needy areas to put this is their criteria they're going to be a committee that sets a criteria where people could come and ask for speed bumps what they don't want is every neighborhood to have 10 speed bumps and you're driving around town 
and every yeah. place you go has a speed bump. Yeah, we don't want to be speed bump city. No. Right. I mean, you're going to every neighborhood, every street, every cut through down a, you know, one of the, the like Elm or the streets downtown are going to want speed bumps. And that's just not necessary. So they're going to do what they're going to come up with maybe putting, okay, your traffic count has to be over X. The average speed limit or the average uh, speed limit above with the posted speed limit has to be you know, if it's always 10 miles or more, these people are speeding. Yeah, we need, we need things there. So there's going to be some conversation setting these criteria, bring it before the board and having that approved. So look for that probably over the next month. And I do expect to see speed bumps happening in Hernando in different areas sometime probably around the first quarter of the year. Um, so that was a good conversation to be talked about. Hey, real quick, from a street standpoint, Derek, I don't know if you've noticed this on our street over on uh, Cedar Grove Drive. There's a, a young man that drives a dark Toyota Camry uh, that needs a muffler. I want to. We'd like to uh, maybe start a fund for for well, that guy's muffler. Have you noticed that kid? Oh yeah, I know. I know. Oh, yeah. He comes probably, by, He yeah. goes pretty. A goes too fast. And B, uh, his his little Toyota Camry no longer has a muffler. So we'd like to maybe pass the hat on that. To, if if you know this young man, we may help him with his muffler. Well, he may also issue be outside the North in the morning. Maybe outside the North yeah, Well, just saying. Just I know. Say. And the final thing was again the one that was added. This is the speed limit on Ferguson Road. It was requested to be changed from thirty five to twenty. Uh, Where's Ferguson Road? Ferguson Road connects 51 to Old Memphis Street through Charleston Road subdivision. Yes. So it's it's a very it's a very small street. It's not very long. It's basically a sure. cut through to get to from Laurelwood to 51, which a lot of people cut through. On the Arbor Point 51. Yes, the traffic has increased dramatically, especially with Arbor Point being built up there. The neighbors in Charleston Row, which is about 11 houses, yeah. they have obviously expressed some concern about people. So the police chief went in there. They did some of the stuff. They put down a rumble strip to try to get traffic counts. And they also put up a, basically a radar gun, right. kind of hidden radar gun, just to see what speeds are the average speed. Speeding is really not the issue. Uh, it was more the traffic flow going through. And, but he did agree that, you know, the speed limit says 35, but because it's a turn off of 51 and you kind of wrap around and then you're having to go up a hill, you don't really have a lot of time to accelerate. The average speed in there was 26 miles an hour over the 30 days he studied it, which only 0.4% of people broke the speed limit. He said that is an extremely low number of people not speeding. So <laughs> what you're saying is it's a really big deal to the people in Charleston Row. However, statistically, realistically, it's not as bad as you think it is. Well, it, it's – no. I guess what the Charleston Row said, hey, they could legally – fly through here they're not but we want to put it to where if they do they're penalized basically so he said no this is absolutely warranted to be dropped somewhere in the 20 to 25 range because the average i mean basically everybody's going 26 anyway um they did end up dropping it to 20 now you may say well why not 25 well 20 is within the reasonable range um it makes the people in the neighborhood feel safer matt our neighborhood is 20 now again People do not do that, but the, our neighbor right now, I would say our average speed is probably 35 to 37. At least. Um, so it's probably the complete opposite of what they they have here. Actually, I think we may have the noise ordinance uh, limits That's posted it. in our uh, subdivision, <laughs> 75. But anyway, that, so they, they did lower that for 20, so from now on, uh, that will go into effect as soon as the signage is up. So uh, again, right now, that will be lower. So if you're doing that cut through, be mindful that the new speed limit will be 20. Derek, let's, I say we go 20 miles an hour and then double speed bumps. I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend double speed bumps there. Double speed bumps. You're gonna go double speed don't, bumps in front of Charleston Road. Let's. I mean, if you're gonna go fast there, you're gonna pay for it. 
You're going to pay for it. At missing axles, just ruined axles exactly. every, day, every day. Like we teased about on Tuesday, we're looking for a, a shorter meeting, but turned into about an hour and a half. And we thank you to the city, the Board of Aldermen, the mayor, city clerk, all the different people that have to be there uh, every other Tuesday night. We really appreciate you being a part of and helping uh, run the city of Hernando, which we all love so much. So we definitely, definitely appreciate that. Derek, something else going on right here in the city, but it affect or is affected by the county. Uh, something going on right out by the AWG building that they approved uh, recently. What you got? County Board of Supervisors, uh, their meeting on Monday, said that they're going to start advertising bids to widen U.S. Highway 51 uh, in Hernando near the Associated Wholesaler Grocers, the new AWG building. So everybody out would probably know where that building is on 51. Uh, that road that dead ends coming out of the Whitfield Electric uh, Magnolia Lighting uh, Complex, that dead ends, that's called Capic Drive. Uh, if you remember about a month or so ago, the city agreed to take over Capic Drive, basically leading to the front door of the AWG building. So that is all now Capic Drive once that is completed. They're going to add a stoplight, looking to add a stoplight and turning lanes right there. So they're going to be widening 51. There's going to be a turning lane going into the Whitfield Electric. If you're, if you're heading north on 51 from Hernando, there'll be a turning lane that goes into the Whitfield Electric buildings. And then if you're coming south on 51, there's going to be a turning lane going into the AWG building uh, along with a stoplight placed there. Uh, this is all done in conjunction. Of the, you know, you're saying, well, it's in Hernando, but the county's paying for it. Well, the county is the one bidding it because this is this benefits everybody. I mean, you know, I know people find this hard to understand. Yes, each city has its own municipality. It is its own municipality. It has its own alderman and mayor, but the, they're still in the county. Right. So the county can do choose to do projects within city limits. This is one that they've chosen to do in conjunction with 51. I think because they're able to maybe do a little more with the state because they're a larger entity. They're, they're going to bid this out in, in December. Uh, and again, as I said, it will be two turning lanes. It'll be a stoplight. So as you're heading north on 51, if you're used to taking that one to work, be prepared to have another stoplight added before you get to Nesbitt Road uh, in 51. But, you know, this is – it's coming. I mean, this is growth. This is what's necessary. Uh, this will allow the trucks to turn in and out with having, having to try to jump out in front of traffic. There will be uh, – there will be right-of-ways for the east side line repaving, you know, and there were questions of whether or not that was donated or the purchased. Um, and so I know that – the turning lane on the east side going into Magnolia Electric, I know some of that was donated. Uh, the the right-of-way easements were donated uh, for that. So, again, this is something that's going to happen. Uh, the bids in December, you know, it takes 30 days to get bids back. So, probably get the bids back sometime in January. Uh, and then maybe starting construction sometime, you know, into the first quarter, middle of the end of the first quarter, uh, having that building open by next spring. So, again, just be looking for all that. There's a lot of changes coming to Hernando. We know there's another one coming at Green Tea in 51. Uh, and then another one at Oak Grove in 51. So 51, you know, over the next year or so, is probably going to have about three stoplights added as you go north and south. Just a lot of different things, Derek, going on with growth, uh, going on the AWG building, getting ready uh, to to open. Had the pleasure of renting a uh, couple of vans to a vendor that came in from out of state. Really nice guys, uh, used our vans for several weeks. Uh, really, really enjoyed dealing with them, and they were getting closer and closer to having that done. So really looking forward to that being an open part of the city of Fernando. Uh, you know, just, again, a wonderful addition uh, looking forward to that before we roll on to our shout outs and some of our recognize some of our uh, advertisers i did want to mention something something you and i agreed to kind of speak on real briefly in the last several nights there have been a couple of um different news stations in memphis and uh, derek and i have made points that we we do talk about or we make uh mention sometimes that memphis seems to only sneak down to hernando mississippi a uh, memphis news i speak of sneak down to hernando mississippi to uh discuss 
you know, let's just call it, you know, maybe bad things or maybe things that are easy to get clicks on or definitely uh, easy to uh, get reactions on versus coming down and discussing some of the wonderful things that happen in Hernando each and every day. Um, And that's another case right here, Derek. We have a video that has been shown by both news channels of a, uh, well, it's dash cam video from a police cruiser uh, months ago. I'm sorry, uh, over a year ago now. Over a year. uh, In 2020, a high-speed chase uh, mixed that with uh, what some would call or has been... uh, it, now that we've had lawsuits filed, I mean, it's public, we, we can say that, excessive force uh, towards the, 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 the person that uh, that they pulled over. And, um, you know, some people have asked us how we're going to talk about it. Some people have mentioned it to us uh, pretty regularly about what we might say about it and stuff like that. And and some people have even mentioned, uh, you know, that they were looking forward to what we might say about this. And uh, here's what I'll say about it, Derek, and then you can say what you, you'd like to say about it. You and I started a podcast um, by choice. We started a podcast to be, hopefully, bring positive news, positive things uh, about the city of Fernando to residents and talk about the Auburn meetings and different neighborhoods that are going in and different projects and stuff like that. Uh, We did not start a podcast to uh, necessarily give our opinions. We are not journalists. We are residents of Fernando that go to church in Hernando, that own businesses in Hernando, that uh, we did not start this show to give opinions of uh, maybe hot button topics that are going to be so hot button. But we do want to encourage people to educate themselves. Uh, Do not necessarily just rely on Hernando happenings for your news. Investigate something you want to look into. Look into it more. Ask questions. You know, most of these people are elected officials. Most of these people work for the, well, no, every single person that we're talking about in this situation works for the city of Fernando. That's right. You are a taxpayer. If you are a taxpayer in the city of Fernando, they work for you. So investigate. Look into that. If you have concerns, ask them about it. Talk about it. You know, maybe not be necessarily a big kind of rumor mill that spins around and around. Do your own investigating on it and see what you think. So that's kind of what I would say about it. Uh, we're, I'm just not comfortable talking about it because, again, we have advertisers. We have uh, Derek and I have started a show that started to grow quite a bit. People enjoy our show each and every uh, week, twice a week. And uh, I'd, I'd like it to stay that way and not necessarily, uh, again, Derek, well, you and I are not journalists. Uh, we're just a couple of dads who uh, know how to run a computer. <laughs> That's right. Now, what I'll say about it is, is no matter what happens with the case, uh, it is an unfortunate event. It's unfortunate that, you know, somebody was down here doing things illegally. It's unfortunate about the pull, you know, having to pull somebody over on a high-speed chase. Uh, it's unfortunate to what happened uh, if you watch the video after they were pulled over on the high-speed chase. Uh, the local papers, uh, local online papers have chosen not to cover it yet. You know, so you don't, there are no articles as of, what, 7 o'clock Friday morning. Uh, on this this event, uh, you would have to go to watch, I guess, YouTube of the Channel 3 station in Memphis, the Channel 24 station in Memphis. There will also be articles on the websites that you can print off and kind of read about it. Um, but the uh, accusations are there. Uh, there has been a law- lawsuit filed. Uh, we found out yesterday that the uh, police chief has confirmed that the FBI has been contacted and is now looking into it. And so you can, you know, we can ask a policeman, we could, you know, if we wanted to try to get really down and dirty and ask the alderman or the mayor exactly what their thoughts are on it. Everyone is going to say no comment because once you have a pending litigation, uh, anything that you say can and will be <laughs> held against you in court. Uh, what the Miranda rights literally say when you read them. So they're not going to, they're not going to say anything. So, I would encourage you to have conversations. I would encourage you, if you've seen it, to maybe ask questions, not accusing them of taking up for somebody or not taking up for somebody. But it's more just, hey, you know, kind of what's going on, educate me. But they're just saying they're not going to do it because anything they say can be used. I mean, they, that's the city attorney has advised them, hey, we're now being filed a lawsuit as a city. Now, five of the seven 
Plus, the mayor were not on the board when this happened. Uh, they, you know, any action that mayor could have been taking earlier did not happen. Now, whether that's right or wrong, that's for the courts to decide. But this new, the new aldermen are coming in that they're seeing it for the first time along with everybody else. And they may have had it, obviously, for a, you know, a couple of weeks longer. But they're seeing it. And they'll have to see what goes on. Um, you know, how long is the case going to take? What, how's the city attorney going to, you know, to find it? Could it be settled, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that we just need to be patient. Uh, if you see it for the first time, you know, just wanted you to be aware of it. If there's something that you know have known about and wondering, you know, more information, only thing I can say is, you know, go to Channel 3, go to Channel 24, educate yourself, as Matt said, but understand that probably not going to get anything, you know, any kind of backroom information from the uh, alderman or from the mayor because, or the police chief because of the pending litigation and, I guess my thing is, is with everything, when you don't have all the information, let it run its course. And then afterwards, I'm sure that we may say something uh, afterwards. I'm sure that, you know, everybody will have their own opinion on it. Uh, but I think opinions are best stated if you want to give them once you have all the information. And we simply do not at this time. If we have any new listeners or people that are joining us for the first time, let me sum up exactly why you're not going to necessarily, you know, get a comment, a, a deep dive investigative comment from me and Derek. Do not rely on opinions from two guys who just last week were dressed up to record a show <laughs> as Ted Lasso and Fat Albert, okay? Well, and also, I mean, I think you, if you go back and run our uh, sports predictions and our opinions <laughs> on how the football game is going to go, I, I'm going to say that we're below 500, which is why none of us uh, have ever tried to be a professional gambler or, or, or a you know, bookkeeper in any way trying to, to hey, earn my, money that my way. My wife listens to this show. Let's not talk about my gambling. <laughs> So uh, anyway, that's that's why because it is our opinions. Now I, I would say that we're more educated than others, sure. uh, and we could absolutely have hot takes if that's the kind of show this is. But this is a positive show. But we're also we're not skirting the issue. We, we say, hey, look, go find it. If you didn't know about it, now you know about it. Go find it again. Have your own opinions, but understand that both sides will either have their their things heard in court and then we can all have our opinion and we can all then you can have a good debate or it'll be settled that's all we hear about it and you can complain or whatever but you'll never have all the facts in order to part of that settlement so again we're not going to if something like that happens to hernando we're absolutely going to mention it on here we're just not going to sit there and try to have clickbait or anything like that just to uh, either upset people and or have people cheer for us we'll end on this note derek i had a call yesterday over at mobile car and van rental had a nice lady call me looking for a a, a car rental uh, she had an, uh, an area code that was a bit odd. I said, hey, you know, where are you from or, or do you live locally? She said, I live in Hernando. I said, well, what area code is this? She said, that's an Arizona area code. And I said, oh, okay. Are you, uh, did you move in town to work or for work or anything? She said, no, we wanted to raise my daughter in a place with great values. And we wanted to raise our daughter upright and in a place like Hernando. We found Hernando, moved to Hernando, and that's why we're here. That's it. No job, no job movement, nothing like that. They moved here because Hernando is an awesome, awesome place. Don't ever let anybody tell you any different. Anybody who tells you Hernando, Mississippi is a mess or Hernando, Mississippi is a bad, uh, I'll call it, Derek, a racist place or whatever you want to say or those hot-button words, uh, they don't live in Hernando, Mississippi. So just remember that. And uh, we would welcome the city of Memphis or any of those uh, news outlets that would like to talk about the awesome things in Hernando to please contact the UTW podcast because we can do an entire week full of shows about how great the city of Hernando, Mississippi is. Speaking of great and the city of Hernando, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Lauderdale Insurance Agency. 
your local State Farm provider. They are located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and longtime local resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for life, auto, home, and business. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam, Sherry, Angie, or Jennifer at 429-5213. That's 429-5213. Or find more information about Lauderdale Insurance Agency on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. Again, call Sam, Sherry, Angie, or Jennifer for any of your auto, life, home, or business needs. Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local State Farm provider. The secret is out. North Point Christian is DeSoto County's most popular private school destination. 211 new students made the switch and became part of the North Point family this year, pushing their enrollment to record levels. North Point will be hosting their first Sunday open house of the year this Sunday on November 7th at 2 p.m. They encourage prospective families to come and see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. Interested families should reserve their spot today by contacting Director of Admissions, Ms. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127. Again, 662-349-5127. They invite you to get ready to make the switch and join the North Point family. For any of our new listeners, our Friday show consists of the DeSoto County shout-outs. Not a lot going on that we could tell that we know of when it comes to nonprofits that we could advertise for. So let's go ahead and talk about something coming on next week. November 11th. Uh, everyone knows November 11th is Veterans Day here in the United States. Really, really appreciative of all of our veterans out there, all the men and women that have served our country, that continue to serve our country. We really, really appreciate them. And there will be a parade in Hernando. Tell us about it, Derek. The fifth annual Hernando's Veterans Parade will be held, as you said, November 11th from 10 a.m. until 11 a.m. The parade will feature nearly 200 of DeSoto County's honored veterans, historic automobiles, motorcycles, floats, Hernando Mayor Chip Johnson, and high school bands from Hernando, Center Hill, Horn Lake, and Christian Brothers High School Band, the oldest high school band in America. Wow. Did not know that. The <laughs> Grand Marshal, Lieutenant Colonel William Horn, retired Marine Corporal from Olive Branch, will be driven by Alan Percy in his 1963 Cadillac Eldorado convertible. Masters of Ceremonies, News Channel 3's Todd Demers, will announce the parade participants as they pass the reviewing stand at the square. The parade's traditional finale features the Hernando High School Band performing the national anthem in front of the county courthouse. Everyone is encouraged to join in the singing. But the most important part of the Hernando Veterans Parade is you, the spectator, waving and cheering our veterans. Please plan to be there on Thursday, November 11th at 10 a.m. Your veterans need you because without you, there is no honor. So welcome. Uh, we just want to really want to welcome and encourage everybody to go to uh, Commerce Street, the regular parade route to the courthouse next Thursday, November 11th at 10 a.m. Thursday, November 11th, 10 a.m. Get out, line the streets uh, real quick. Uh, you may have just mentioned it, uh, normal 
parade route? Well, normal parade to the courthouse. I, you know, they'll, right. they'll probably go. They'll maybe do half more at the courthouse than normal. That's right. That's Got right. It. So they're not. I mean, I guess they can still unload at Center Street, but really, it's just you know, straight down Commerce to the courthouse. Get out, sing the national anthem. Yeah, actually, absolutely. Get out there uh, next Thursday, November eleventh, Veterans Day. We will recognize that again. Reminds you on our Tuesday show for sure. All right, so let's talk about another parade that's coming up a little bit further away, just about exactly a month. Monday, December sixth, the wonderful Christmas parade in Hernando is back. For more information about that, you can reach out to the chamber. If your church organization, your football team, your local sports team, travel baseball, anything like that, if you would like to be a part of the Hernando Christmas Parade, one of the best Christmas parades definitely in DeSoto County, going to be your typical parade route right up there down Commerce Street around the square. Uh, Derek, one of my favorite things, one of my favorite times to be in Hernando, live in Hernando, one of the best events, one of the best scenes uh, in the city each and every year is just, uh, if you can, again, I say it all the time, if you can catch a break on the weather, it is a wonderful, wonderful night every year in Hernando. Again, that's coming up December 6th. Reach out to the Chamber. Reach out to the Chamber of Commerce. Go on their Facebook page. Definitely phone numbers all around their Facebook page that you can reach out to the Chamber and uh, your team, your sports group, your church group, be a part of that parade. So that'll be coming up. Our final shout-out is actually one of our advertisers, so we kind of wrap up our shout-outs with this. I'm speaking next week of the Hernando Dickens of a Christmas, an award-winning weekend in the city of Hernando. It's going to kick off Friday, November 12th. It's going to run through Sunday, November 14th. Just an awesome, awesome weekend coming up next week. Uh, Derek, one neat thing that's going to be happening on Friday night from 4 to 8 will be the uh, ice rink, which you talked about uh, earlier this week, talked about on our Friday show last week. The ice rink will be a part, uh, a new part of the City of Hernando's Dickens of a Christmas, which again, all the sponsors that were a part of that, I believe, you know, the crew of Hernando, uh, they reached out to us, talked to us about a sponsorship. Multiple people stepped up and I think covered what's around ten thousand dollars, Derek. That's it, ten thousand yeah, dollars. That's what, yeah. how much it was for the two days. Covered the ten thousand dollar rental fee, setup fee, etc. So next Friday, four to eight, and then it'll be taking place all day on Saturday from nine to five. Uh, they will have Hernando Dickens of a Christmas, they will have the Hernando Christmas Farmers Market, a special farmers market will be taking place that day on Saturday, November 13th. Then on Sunday, November 14th, from 11 a.m. to 5, you're going to have the Hernando Chamber of Commerce Christmas Open House, which will have retailers across the city wide open, ready for you, uh, probably serving some type of a you know Christmas uh, beverage or something like that, but just going to be a really, really fun time next weekend. One of the things we want to highlight uh, as part of this shout-out, this advertisement, is going to be the carriage rides that the DeSoto County Museum will be providing. Carriage rides all around uh, Hernando as part of the Dickens of a Christmas. Going to be a really, really neat experience, something to definitely, you know, children would enjoy, uh, friends, family would enjoy that for sure. It's going to be Victorian-style carriage rides from the DeSoto County Museum up Commerce Street, probably around the Hernando Square. Just a really, really neat event. Coming up, our our final shout out of the day is going to be the Hernando Dickens of a Christmas next weekend. Make plans to celebrate that with Hernando here in the city. And Derek, part of Christmas is definitely red and green. And if you want it green, what do you do? Matt, you call the king because since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419, again, 662-892-8419, or visit them on their website at greenkingspray.com. And remember, as I said before, if you want it green, call the king.
podcast continues to be supported by Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and so much more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Williams Services specializes in leaf removal, tree trimming, fall cleanups, fence repair, gate repair, new gate construction, new fence construction, any project on the outside of your home or office, you definitely want to give Richard a shot. Give him a call at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find more information about Richard and his team on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. I definitely want to recognize Richard for being a very proud supporter of the Hernando Tigers, which we'll talk about in just a second. Richard and his wife take care of the concession stand on the visiting side. If you've been to the Hernando Tiger football games, they take care of the concession stand on the visiting side. Uh, they set up just a number of different things. Just a very big supporter of the Hernando Tigers. As a Hernando Tiger parent, I want to say thank you to Richard Williams and his team. Again, give them a call at 662-292-8855. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures, as well as Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology, such as digital scanning, intra-oil cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process and the end result. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662-429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239. Derek, let's turn our attention to, as we mentioned earlier in the show, if this is the first time joining us on the UTW podcast, we discuss at the end of all of our shows, we discuss the wonderful things that young people are doing right here under the water tower, the great sport events or college signings or different things like that. And somebody asked me last night at the Hernando Tiger football game, hey, when are you going to start your basketball coverage? I simply told them, hey, we're going to get past Thanksgiving. We're going to start to get to where the schedule start to meet up a little bit, schedule start to uh, you know, the, the, the team start getting some uh, games under their belt before we start covering basketball. So we are going to cover men's and women's basketball here uh, for Hernando, Lewisburg, and North Point. That'll be coming up. Let's just say it'll probably start sometime in December. We'll start to pay attention to, to those young people as far as uh, what they're doing, getting closer to district play and stuff like that. So give us a little bit of time to get that kind of figured out, but we'll be covering basketball for sure again this year. But today is going to be all about football coverage, Derek. You're going to be wrapping up the show here shortly, and uh, at, right after you get the show out, you're going to be heading towards Nashville. Tell us about the North Point Trojans. I did notice they had one heck of a good pep rally yesterday. That was a really neat thing, a nice pep rally. Tell us about the North Point Trojans traveling to Nashville for the first round of the playoffs. That's right, Matt. The North Point Trojans, 5-5, five and five, will face the Silverdale Academy Seahawks. Silverdale Seahawks. Yeah, the first time we've had the Seahawks. Absolutely. 8-2. Uh, and two. They're 8-2 and two on the year. The Trojans and Seahawks traveled to a neutral site in Nashville for the first round of the TSSAA Division II AA playoff game. This pits the West third-seeded Trojans and the East third-seeded Seahawks. The Trojans come into this game off of a 49-7 loss to Lausanne, and the Seahawks come in after a 35-0 loss to Christian Academy School of Knoxville. 
The Trojans will try to get their air game going against a Seahawks defense that plays a 3-3 stack, and the Trojans will be pressed to stop a power run game led by the Seahawks quarterback. Even with the 8-2 record, the Seahawks are third in a very tough district with both losses coming to the 1-2 seeds from the east. The Trojans will be without the Gilliland brothers, Chris the best lineman and Christian a freshman receiver, who are both injured and will need the others around them to step up. It will be a cold night, but clear and dry, so expect a high-scoring game that the Trojans seem to love to play. The Trojans will be looking for their first playoff win since 2015, and I think that this senior class will be the one to get it. It's going to be a long trip and a long night, but I look for the Trojans to come away with a 49-42 to victory. 49-42, going to be a shootout from what you're saying. Well, I and mean, they run the ball, which North Point has trouble stopping. Sure. Uh, but also it looks like they do have one good defensive back. Other than that, their defense looks pretty average. They, they, you know, they did give up several points a game in, in their couple losses, plus even some wins they gave up you know, 28-ish points. So I do expect it to be a high-scoring game. And again, being the homer that I've been all year, I am predicting the Trojans to win by a touchdown. I'm predicting the Trojans to win as well. Again, neutral field. Both teams have to travel. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I wish the, the, nothing but the best to our good friend of, of the podcast, Mr. Bo Big Lane, on uh, you know a, a wonderful senior year. I hope you've enjoyed every second of it. And man, just I, I joked with him the other day at youth uh, at here at Hernando United Methodist Church. I said, man, you you know play every play like it's your last because literally we're in the playoffs now and it mm-hmm. could be. So I wish nothing but luck to those young men. Uh, not going to give a score, but I'm going to say Trojans by about ten. Trojans okay. by ten coming up tonight. Safe travels to all the Trojan fans. Again, if you can hear our voice, if you listen to this show uh, on the way to the game tonight, any of the boys might be listening to it enjoy every second uh, of tonight so good luck to the trojans for sure let's travel down we're going to go down get well over to lewisburg who wrapped up the 2021 football season tell us about it lewisburg senior night uh, was a great night for the seniors but unfortunately not a good night for the football team as a whole with dc still fighting for playoff seating and could finish anywhere from the first seed to the third seed they had a lot to play for Lewisburg was just playing for experience and for next season. DeSoto Central got on the board first with a block punt in a short field to go up 7-0 at the end of the first quarter. The Jaguars added to the score in the second quarter, taking a 13-0 halftime lead. In the third quarter, the Patriots finally get on the board. J.D. Green punches the ball in from the four-yard line after a muffed punt by DeSoto Central, but they failed to convert the two-point conversion. The Jags would then score two more touchdowns and convert both two-point conversions to go into the fourth quarter with a 29-6 lead. Not being at the game, I'm not sure if the Jags started to rest players or if the Patriots figured out something, but the Patriots got scores from Easton Fessmeyer on a tipped Gunner Gilmore pass for a 53-yard score and a successful two-point conversion pass for J.D. Green to Gage Haley. Gilmore then finds Haley, this time for a 13-yard touchdown, and a J.D. Green again hits Grayson Crumbly for the two-point conversion. But the defense does give up one more touchdown in the final frame, and the final score ends 35-22 to DeSoto Central. The 23 seniors for Lewisburg play their final game and did not have the season that they wanted to have, but Lewisburg is young and building, and look, they look forward to a better season next season, finishing this season 1-10, 0-7 in district. So there you said they went 1-10 this season but lost 22 seniors? 23, 23, seniors. 23 seniors. That's a lot of seniors to lose coming back next year. A 1-10 season, lose 23 seniors. I'm going to predict a pretty tough head. Yeah, it's, pr- it's, a young, it's a young team that's, that's Ooh, building with a new coach. So, I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's going to take a couple of years. That is tough. That is tough. Good luck, Patriots. Uh, we cover Lewisburg Patriots because so many of those uh, young people, uh, you know, call Hernando uh, home from, a, you know, where they shop, where they do stuff, where they go to church, et cetera. So, we definitely want to continue to cover Lewisburg. Wish them nothing but the best on the off-season workouts and looking to improve for sure. So, congratulations. Congratulations on getting a, a 11 
game season. We're not going to take that for granted here on the UTW podcast. We know that can be taken away from us pretty quick. Uh, we've seen that in the last couple of years, so congratulations on a full season. Well, let's come right here, Derek, under the water tower. Wonderful game last night, cold game. Before the game, they recognized the seniors for the dance team, cheerleading, cross country, and football. So some of these guys got to play one more game on the Hernando home turf for sure, but just a, a really large crowd. And then at halftime, they recognized – what seemed like dozens and dozens of seniors for the Hernando band and all their parents. So a lot of time that the band puts in, a lot of time uh, when your child's putting stuff in, you're definitely putting time in too. So shout out to all those parents, all those seniors for one more time under the lights here under the water tower. And there was a game to be played. What you got? Hernando hosted the Keisters of Olive Branch on senior night, needing a win to keep their playoff hopes alive and having to have Horn Lake lose at South Haven. On the crisp cold night, Bo started off slowly with no score in the first quarter. The Tigers got on the board at 10.30 in the second quarter on a Topher Jones touchdown run. The point after was no good on a bad snap for a 6-0 lead by the Tigers. Olive Branch answered with three minutes left in the first half and took a 7-6 lead, but the Tigers marched down the field and Jackson Usselton hits a field goal to give the Tigers a 9-7 lead at halftime. Olive Branch took the lead in the third quarter to go up 14-9, but a long Zach Wilkie pass set up a quarterback run for him and a two-point conversion by Jones, and the Tigers took 17-14 lead. They extended the lead to 24-14 in the fourth on a Wilkie to Eli Mashburn connection with five minutes to go, but Olive Branch answered with three minutes left. The Tigers recovered the onside kick to try and run out the clock, but could not, and the Keishers would get the ball one last time. Olive Branch was driving down the field and got all the way down to the Tiger 21-yard line when the quarterback was sacked on the last play of the game to secure the 24-20 Tiger victory. So the Tigers did their part to try and clinch the last playoff spot. Hernando gets the break they needed and help from their county rival, the Chargers, to clinch the finals playoff spot in Region 1. Hernando, who started off District 1-2, and two, finishes up at 4-3 and three and will travel to Starkville next Friday for the first round of the playoffs. What a testament to the young men and the senior leadership to come back from a disappointing start of the season and make the playoffs in back-to-back years. Congratulations to the Tigers, and we at the UTW Podcast look forward to previewing and covering your game next Friday. And just for the listeners' knowledge, the other matchups in the 6A North are Oxford at number one seed South Panola, number two seed South Having hosting Clinton, and number three seed DeSoto Central traveling to Madison Central. Definitely a congratulations to the Hernando Tigers for making the playoffs. Started the season off with a loss. Uh, Neshoba Central, different COVID win here and stuff. It's just a kind of goofy way to start the season, but have kind of ride the ship there and playing some good football. Starville will be tough. Starville Yellow Jackets are a tough team. They're a tough school. They're tough in anything that they play in. So I I look forward to uh, you know thinking about traveling down, maybe taking a group of young men down to travel down that that, that may want to go. So working on that possibly just to go down and support the Tigers uh, for the playoffs. I think it's maybe the right thing to do. So if you can hear my voice and you're a Hernando Tiger fan, uh, if you're thinking about going, man, go support these guys one more time as they go on the road uh, to see if they can pull out a victory against Starkville next Friday night. So uh, congratulations to them for sure. Uh, Derek it's been a lot of fun covering football for the, our, our second year right here under the water tower. We really, really appreciate all the people listening to us for that. So good luck to the Tigers uh, next week. Good luck to the Trojans today. Uh, congratulations to the Lewisburg Patriots on a full football season uh, this season. Really enjoyed covering all three teams this year. Look, if you enjoy hearing our voices every Tuesday and Fridays, we talk about alder meetings, talk about Dickens of a Christmas, I mean, whatever, we, <laughs> different things that we talk about. Uh, please find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast 
Instagram at UTW Podcast, Twitter at UTW Pod. Most importantly, share it with friends, share it with family, share it with coworkers. Say, hey, have you heard about what these guys are doing right here under the water tower? Positive informational talk each and every week, Tuesdays and Fridays. And if you enjoy it, wherever you hear our voice, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, whatever it is, however you're listening to our voice right now, give us a five-star review. Give us a five-star review, leave us a comment, and we'll read it right here on the air. So do that if you get a chance. If you enjoy our show, there's a brother show we have, OB Pod, simply stands for Olive Branch, releases a show early Monday mornings, OB Pod, covering Lewisburg, Center Hill, and Olive Branch. So give them a listen. Very good football coverage and talk all about the eastern side of DeSoto County. For any of our new listeners, something we do on our Friday show, we definitely encourage you to go to church. Attend a church of your choosing this weekend. If you're thinking about going to a church, maybe look uh, look them up on Facebook or find their website. Look for uh, worship times. Look for service times to attend. Definitely want to continue to push all the people that listen to us this Sunday. Attend church. You absolutely will not regret it. Well, Derek, be safe on your trip to Nashville. Look forward to hearing about that next week as we cover the North Point Trojans against the Silverdale Seahawks coming up tonight. Good luck to them. Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower.